Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Pylon, a podcast about the NFL from Impact 89 FM Sports in East Lansing, Michigan. I'm Ian Drummond. Alongside me, as per usual, Michael Marcock, Darren Badoon, and Jacob Lothamer. And today we are having a sort of a special edition because we are going to do a full first round mock draft. Hopefully coming out in advance of the real one. We're recording this on the 27th and the real draft is on the 29th. So just a brief explanation of how we're doing the format. Uh, Jacob will have the first pick he's picking for the Jaguars. It's going to go over to Michael picking for the Jets at number two. I will be picking for the 49ers who traded up to pick three. Darren will pick for the Falcons at number four. And then we'll go back to Jacob picking for the Bengals at five and so on and so forth until we reach number 32, which will of course be Darren picking for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So in the interest of time and without further ado, I will throw it over to Jacob to make his exciting first pick for the Jaguars. A lot of suspense. We have absolutely no idea who it could possibly be. Absolutely no consensus as to who could possibly be taken at number one. Take it away, Jacob. Well, I'm going to – one of my roommates here is on the football team, so at the first overall pick, we're taking practice squad left tackle uh, Jack Hendricks. Just kidding. We're taking Trevor Lawrence. I feel like this is the easiest pick in the draft. I feel like this is the most for sure thing in the draft that's going to happen. I can see a lot of teams going a lot of different ways, but this is definitely the most for sure thing. I actually have some nice pass catchers on this team, not just DJ Shark. They added Marvin Jones. They added Jamal Agnew. They added two Detroit Lions on this team. They have a really nice running back in James Robinson. They're going to have to add a lot in offensive line, but I feel like the starting piece is obviously your franchise quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, first pick. Yeah, I can't really argue with that. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is probably the best quarterback prospect that we've seen since Andrew Locke. He may be better than Andrew Locke. You know, only time will tell. Um, but, I mean, home run, um, really can't really see a way that this doesn't work out for the Jaguars, at least, you know, in a little bit of a way. So now we're at number two and the way that I've been making my picks is I've been, you know, kind of practicing some of these picks in spots where, you know, I have my picks tonight. Um, I'm going to pick what I think is going to happen, not specifically what I would do. Um, and at number two, this one seems pretty set in stone. If Trevor Lawrence is hundred percent, Zach Wilson's 95%. Um, so I'm taking Zach Wilson. Um, it's not something I would personally do. I personally think Zach Wilson's probably the third or fourth best quarterback in this draft. I would personally take Justin Fields here at number two, but the Jets are, you know, they have him on their mind and, you know, he's got a really good arm, really athletic, um, knows how to move around, can make every single throw, kind of has a little bit of Patrick Mahomes in him. And I think that's what, you know, the scouts are seeing. So um, even though it isn't what I would do, it seems pretty set in stone. Zach Wilson, number two to the Jets. All right. So as I was looking at Zach, <laughs> Michael, Michael has already put down that I will be taking Justin Fields to the 49ers, which is correct. Uh, the Jets loss is the 49ers gain. I'm, I'm hoping for the 49ers that this happens in real life, although who knows with all the reports of them being enamored with Mac Jones, but Justin Fields would be an absolute weapon for this offense. They already have an extremely good running game. They have a solid offensive line. Why not add a quarterback with this, who not only has a serious mobility threat, but is of course an extremely, extremely capable passer. We all go to Michigan state. We've seen probably too much Ohio state football over the last few years to not recognize that Justin Fields is an absolutely incredible talent as he completely destroyed Michigan State for several years. 
So I think this is a real no-brainer. I see absolutely no reason why you would not want to add this if you're Kyle Shanahan. Yep, but obviously it seems like the Mac Jones – actually, I just read a report saying that they might have willed it down between Mac Jones and Trey Lance, but in my mind, it should be Fields, who actually – Rated was was raised the best deep throw, deep, deep ball thrower of all the QBs in this draft. But moving on to my first pick, the Atlanta Falcons. Tempting to go with the quarterback here since Matt Ryan is getting up there in age. I think he's what, like 36, 37, something like that. But I'm instead going to go with the first non-quarterback being drafted in this draft. I will have the Atlanta Falcons taking tight end Kyle Pitts. Um you know, if if you ha- if they're in the mindset of trying to make the best of the last couple of years that Ryan has left, I mean, Pitts has gone talk for being maybe entering this draft, maybe the draft's best overall player. Uh, you know, he's one of the most fluid receiving tight ends that has come out in like a l- really long time, dominated when he was at Florida. There's been analysts saying that if he was purely a wide receiver, he'd still be a first rounder. So he brings an entirely different dynamic as a tight end and something that the Falcons probably haven't wouldn't have had since t- – since Tony Gonzalez and he's gotten comps to Tony Gonzalez. So um, if they're, if they're looking for the best overall player and if they don't want to necessarily take a quarterback, I think Pitts is a slam dunk at right here. I a hundred percent agree. I don't see where you go anywhere else. They're kind of set with offensive line. We remember a year ago where they said they had around 10 to 11 or 10 players out of their 11 starters who were first round pit first round picks. I think the only person who wasn't is the tight end. And now I think the tight end will be, the 11th first round pick as a starter. Definitely a great pick there with uh, Kyle Pitts. Best place to go here with the fifth pick with the Bengals. I feel like this is a no brainer as well. They have nice pass catchers on the outside. So they're, so they could add to that group. I did see Joe Burrow saying that they should take uh, Jamar chase, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think you need to protect this franchise quarterback and I'm going to go Penny Sewell out of Oregon sat out last year. Definitely the best offensive tackle in this draft. Uh, Rashawn Slater is also really good, but that's kind of a reach for him when Sewell is a for sure guy. Didn't get a lot of miles on those knees last year, had a lot of time to train and prepare for the NFL. And I think he'll be protecting Joe Burrow for a long time. Yeah, I mean, I I personally I agree with you. I think this is a slam dunk pick. I, I think the Bengals need to really go tackle. Um, Jonah Williams hasn't proven that he can stay healthy. And I mean, are you really going to say that Riley Reef is it at right guard? Um, I know that the quarterback wants Jamar Chase, and Jamar Chase is a generational talent. But I think Sewell has to be the pick. Um, therefore, for the Dolphins at six, I think they're thanking their lucky stars that the Bengals passed on Jamar Chase because. I think Jamar Chase fits Miami here perfectly. Um, Tua needs a weapon, and he needs a number one receiver, and Jamar Chase is one of the best wide receiver prospects that we've had in a long, long time. He can absolutely do it all, Um, and I think a lot of people have forgotten just how good he was because he sat out last season. Um, So Tua gets the help that he needs, and the Dolphins get really lucky that Chase was still here on the board, and I think they hit a home run if they get Jamar Chase here at six. No, I mean, if anyone remembers how, I mean, looking how good Justin Jefferson was last season, Chase is supposed to be better than that. So that that says a lot. <laughs> Chase has been, Chase was excellent back in 2019, was able to stand out even in a super crowded receiving room there with guys like Justin Jefferson as well. Um, you know, really too bad that he couldn't get snagged down here by me picking for the Lions at number seven, who I see here have a needs list of about 11 different positions. I think that really puts into perspective (laughs) where this team is at right now. Um, A lot of the top of this board is not really dominated by wide receivers you've got Jamar Chase just selected you've got uh, Jalen Waddle up here so I guess maybe I'm going to do something a little interesting I do want a receiver given that the Lions receivers are not very good and but I think I'm gonna go I'm gonna go down the board just very very slightly 
And I think I'm going to take Devonta Smith over here. I know that there's been some concerns about, you know, he's small. He doesn't weigh very much. Is he going to get bullied by NFL quarterbacks? But watching him, you can see just how insanely fast he is, how he just how he can get outside so well. He can still elevate incredibly at the catch point. He is everything that I think you could possibly want in a receiver, unless you were like going for like a, like a big body possession guy. Like if you just thought all you want is to replace like Kenny Galladay, but the new receivers that the lions have don't really fit that profile so much. Like I think that Brashad Perriman was fairly fast coming out of college, but he's a lot older now and this team needs some speed desperately. And I think that Devonta Smith is an excellent pickup in order to provide that for them on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. I mean, all Smith's done is produce. I mean, I mean, you know, you talk about size, but I mean, there have been smaller guys, you know, I know one guy that was a comp from was like someone like Deshaun Jackson, where it's like, he's not the biggest wide receiver, but he can run and he can just, he can, he makes plays. And Devonta Smith is a guy that I think is, going to be able to make plays for another team he had. I mean, as a Lions fan myself, I'd be completely fine with them picking him. Just, I mean, he's just been, there's been no drop in production. He's only gotten better. Um, but moving on to the Carolina Panthers, I'll admit it's very tempting because there's been news that they could still, even after trading for Sam Darnold, still maybe take a quarterback. Although a lot of people wonder if that's just smoke for a team to like trade up with them to give them a haul for a quarterback. So I am very tempted to possibly like create what would be incredible drama in the draft. And if this happened for real, although sensibly they did get, uh, they did trade for Sam Darn for a reason. So obviously if you're going to try to have him be the quarterback, you need to build around the offensive line, which is why I will have the Carolina Panthers take Rashawn Slater from Northwestern. Um, you know, a lot of people have made comments about how he's more undersized, how he has more of like a guard's body, but, he's been a great left tackle at Northwestern. I mean, he was able to go up against Chase Young in 2019 and hold his ground probably as well as any tackle that went up against Chase Young that year. So he's had experience going up against top tier pass rushers of NFL caliber. And, you know, he's, you know, he's just, he's been steady on the left side for Northwestern, which obviously could he succeed at guard? Yeah, but there's no reason to think that he could at least, you, you could, you could leave him out there at left tackle and he could still be really good for you. Yeah, I 100% agree there with the Panthers. I feel like they're at least going to give Darnold a try. They do kind of need some pass catchers as well after losing um, Curtis Samuel last year, but you need somebody to throw the ball. You can't just have a no-name. You can't have a great receiver with a crappy quarterback. Uh, but that actually makes my pick really easy here for the Broncos. I think uh, I think they definitely need help in a lot of areas, but I think we found out last year that that – Drew Locke is not it for the Denver Broncos. I know that they want to trade up and take a quarterback so that their guy isn't taken. Uh, it just comes down here between do I think that they're going to take Mac Jones or Trey Lance? I think Trey Lance is the better quarterback between the two. I'm going to have them select Trey Lance. They already have a lot of pass catchers, has a nice running back in Melvin Gordon. Uh, so I'm going to have them taking Trey Lance here with the ninth pick. Yeah, I mean, I think – I. I, I'm not, you know, especially one on the train. I mean, it sounds like that the Broncos want to give Drew Locke, you know, one last fair shot. And to me, you can't give him a fair shot if there's another, you know, quarterback breathing down his neck all year. Um, but I think with Trey Lance, who I don't think is really ready to start in this league, I think Drew Locke can still get that chance. Um, and, you know, if it goes the way that we all think it will, you know, you can plug in Trey Lance in 2022. Um, but, you know, all I, all I'm kind of worried though about, you know, maybe like week three, if Drew Locke's struggling and the Broncos are like 0 3, you're of course going to hear the cries to put him in the game. So, but I, I do, I don't hate the pick there. I think Trey Lance is the best one available. So at 10, the Cowboys, um, well, I guess they still can't get Kyle Pitts because, you know, we know how enamored Jerry Jones is with Kyle Pitts. So, but I wouldn't hate even if the Cowboys spent this entire draft on defense. Um, they had the 28th scoring defense last year, got absolutely torched in the passing game. Um, I think they have to go corner here and they get their pick of the litter. 
Um, last year they took Trayvon Diggs in the second round. And I think this year they take his running mate here in the first round. Um, Patrick Sertan out of Alabama. Um, I think he's the best corner in this draft. He had a really great run in the college football playoff last year. He shut down Notre Dame and Ohio state um, in both those games. Um, you know, you can never really go wrong with the defensive player out of Alabama. They usually tend to work out pretty well. And I think, you know, you're pairing Sertan and Diggs back up in Dallas gives you a nice one, two punch on the outside and you shore up that defense just a little bit, but I still would like to see them pick more defense in this draft. Yeah. Cowboys have a ton of holes on defense and one of the best ways I can think of that they could help that is just by going out and getting someone who has the traits of a shutdown corner. You know, I think it, I don't think it's a coincidence that his dad was also like a pretty long lasting NFL player. He's got that sort of training set up from day one, you know, um, and adding a corner like that, if he pans out, that's the sort of thing that as long as you keep adding more pieces along with it, that'll take a sort of very re a sort of rebuilding defense from bad to not so bad at all. Once again, I feel very conflicted here with with the Giants at eleven. I was not Really, I was very prepared to go with offensive line because they they have a big gaping hole at left tackle because of the huge splashy Nate Solder signing from a few years ago has not panned out at all. You know, they went out and they addressed wide receiver some in free agency by going and giving Kenny Galladay $18 million a year. Daniel Jones is being sacked an unacceptable amount of times. And I think between him and Colt McCoy, they were sacked 50 times last year. And he's, I don't think he's getting the time he needs for them to really be able to evaluate if he is the guy he's probably got like a year or two left. And I think if you want to see that, that's a hole you need to fill. So go give me, uh, Christian Derisaw down there from Virginia Tech, who I believe I read uh, did not allow a sack all of last year in college. And that includes going up against some ACC guys who are really impressive. Yeah, no, definitely quality pick. Um, Darisaw probably, you know, he's probably, you know, they, they he's usually been ranked as the third best tackle in the draft. But no, I mean, you know, don't, you're totally right. I mean, you got that. You got to be able to protect Daniel Jones, keep him upright. Obviously, you know, they got a big time receiver in Kenny Golly, so maybe there isn't as much need to take that. But for the Philadelphia Eagles, oh, they have been waiting for a receiver for a very long time, and if you're going to roll with Jalen Hurts, well. It might as well work out to get who uh, a former teammate of his, of his in wide receiver Jalen Waddle, who I will have the Philadelphia Eagles taking. Um, I, there's a lot of people that think that he's actually, in terms of his long-term outlook, that he is going to be better than Devontae Smith, which is you know not necessarily an insult to Smith, but just a, a, appreciating Waddle. Actually, before he got hurt, I mean, he got out to a great start last year, and he was probably going to be able to put up numbers pretty close to what Smith put up as well. If he were to, if he didn't suffer his ankle injury and he didn't have to miss, you know, most of the season up until I believe he dressed for a national title game. So he's incredibly fast. He's a great punt returner. So, you know, he's someone that you can put out there on special teams as well and make plays. He's great after the catch. I mean, he's, you know, he's a classic speed type receiver. Doesn't have, you know, along with Smith, I mean, he has even lesser size. He's great at being 5'10 and 182. So he's even smaller than Smith is, but um, he's still someone that Philadelphia is going to be able to use. You know, I use the Deshaun Jackson comp for Devontae Smith. You can apply that to Waddle just as easily. You know, this is a, this is a burner who's going to be able to make plays with the ball in his hands. So I think for Philadelphia, you give him, you give Jalen Hurts a familiar face and, you know, hope that that's a pairing that can grow together and be the future there in Philly. I 100% agree. I think the Eagles definitely are looking for that pass catcher to make it all happen. I just keep on remembering the video of them taking um, 
taking that receiver out of TCU. I don't know if we're blanking out his name. And then Minnesota Vikings laughing at them for taking the wrong player. I think Waddle is definitely a great pick there. Um, here with the uh, Los Angeles Chargers, um, I'm going to pick a guy that can kind of do it all. I'm going to go Micah Parsons out of Penn State, which I feel like is a pretty good, good player out of this draft. Uh, their defense was pretty bad last year. Their offense put up a lot of points. They didn't win a whole lot of games. Defense is usually what's been carrying the Chargers over the last couple of years. Um, you want somebody who can pair up on the other side with Bosa. You want a guy who can also go and play uh, as a linebacker. And you also want a guy who can go and probably give you a little bit at safety as well. And that's what Micah Parsons gives you. He gives you a very versatile player for a team that needs a little bit of help on defense. And I just don't see them going somewhere right now with um, this offensive line pick with Tevin Jenkins. I think I'd rather have Micah Parsons here. Yeah, I mean, certainly can't hate on it. I mean, there's a lot of experts that think Micah Parsons is the best defensive player in this draft. And I mean, some have him with like a top five grade. Um, the thing that's kind of dragging him down is, I mean, number one, there's a lot of teams with offensive needs at the top. And number two, he had some character issues at Penn State. But if he's in the right organization, which I think the Chargers could definitely be, I think that could be an excellent pick and pair him alongside, you know, Kenneth Murray in that, you know, in the middle of that defense. Um, so for the Vikings here, I'm actually pleasantly surprised at the board that they're left with. I think the Vikings would love to have a board like this. Um, two of their big needs are offensive line and edge rusher, but I personally think edge rusher is their biggest need. Um, we've seen for years, the Vikings just cannot get to the quarterback and Daniel Hunter's getting a little bit older. Um, I think he's going to need a running mate, at least someone who can take over. So I'm going to go with Jalen Phillips out of Miami. Um, he had an injury history at UCLA, but then he came to Miami and he had a really great season. Um, you know, he's had some concussion issues in the past, but I think he's probably the most polished and best edge rusher in this draft. And I think the Vikings really need to get better on the defensive line. Um, so I'm going to go with Jalen Phillips out of Miami to the Vikings at 14. I've seen a lot of people say that Phillips is one of the best players in the draft and his primary concern being that scary car accident he was in that almost had him permanently retired from college football, but he made a fantastic comeback at Miami, looked like one of the best edge rushers in college football at the end of the year. I think that's a great place for him to land given the Vikings pedigree with outstanding pass rushers that they've had within the past few years with Mike Zimmer. Now, of course, everybody knows that Bill Belichick loves spending big on his cornerbacks, but what if he could simply get a good quarterback at the top of the draft? What if he was simply picking inside the top half? And that is the conundrum that, well, not really a conundrum, the excellent situation that he finds himself in there's been some rumors of the Patriots shopping around Stefan Gilmore in some kind of a trade package um if that's something that they decide to go with then why not go ahead and draft probably the second best maybe the first best cornerback in this draft and JC Horn I was watching highlights of JC Horn today and I really love this guy. He he closes on a receiver as fast as you'll see any quarterback do it. He is always harassing them when they're going to make the catch. He was fantastic at deflecting balls away. And he was still pretty much a shutdown corner in college playing SEC receivers. And I can't think of what would prepare you for playing NFL receivers more than that. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, that's that's a spot. I was I was wondering if you were maybe going to pull the Mac Jones card in there for a second. I was wondering. I was wondering if you were maybe going to go through that. But um, no, I mean, it'd be a classic pick. Obviously, Belichick, you know, defensive guy, as we all know. And I mean, they need, you know, they could use more corners on that. More, uh, you know, no, no matter what team, whether it's the Patriots or any team, I mean, you can, you can seemingly never have too many good corners in a pass-heavy league like the NFL. 
that was what I was going to potentially look at for the Arizona Cardinals, who have made some splashy moves, getting guys like J.J. Watt and A.J. Green, but still have some holes on that defense, including the secondary. Although the value maybe isn't there great. I know Caleb Farley is there right now, but he, you know, he's dealing with a back injury, and so a lot more, a lot more scouts are down on him. Um, I think I'm going to go instead with the Cardinals. You can never have too many protection. You can never have too much protection for Kyler Murray either. I'm going to have them go with a more versatile prospect in that he's played both guard and tackle at a high level in college. And I will go with Elijah Vera Tucker out of USC. Uh, started at left tackle for USC last season, played very well, was a very good guard for them up until then. So, you know, he brings that versatility and being able to play at either of those spots at a high level at, in college. So, you know, I'm, you know, you can kind of move him around all over, see where Bessie fits and, you know, give him another, you know, if you're not going to be able to get a good impact defender at this spot or one that you think there's a lot of value, you might as well try and get another good guy to put up front there for Kyler Murray and to give him some time for him and Deanna. Darren was frozen there for a second, so I didn't hear what he said at the end, but I 100% agree. More protection for Kyler Murray is always a good thing. Obvious holes on the defensive end. I might have gone farly there, but I can see where the concern is with the back injury. Backs can be tricky in every sport. Uh, on to my pick here with the Las Vegas Raiders. I feel like this one's really simple. I was really afraid when he went on that little tangent about offensive line that he was going to take my pick here. I think the pick is Tevin Jenkins, the the Oakland Raiders had one of the best offensive lines last year, and all of a sudden they blew it up in seconds. The way that they beat the Chiefs in the first half of the season was the way they ran the football and the way that they competed in the front five, and they completely destroyed that, trading guys away, letting players retire. So I feel like this is a pretty easy pick here for the Raiders who desperately need help uh, now blocking for both Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs. The Kenyon Drake moves baffles me to begin with, but – now you got a block for two running backs, not just one. So I'm going to go Tevin Jenkins out of Oklahoma State. Yeah, Tevin Jenkins is an absolute bully. He he just feels like a Raider, um, especially with, you know, the style that they want to play and um, the way they, you know, manage their offensive line this offseason. It just feels like a match made in heaven. So I 100% agree with that pick. The Dolphins here is very interesting. The Dolphins, the first team to pick twice, um, they already have Jamar Chase, who I took for them at six. Um, it says their next needs are edge and linebacker, and I think they have a lot of good picks here. I think they could go JOK out of Notre Dame, um, but I just don't think they will. Um, I think they're going to value the pass rusher more, um, and I think they're going to get a player who just always runs full steam, is very aggressive, and you know, probably needs a little bit of polishing, but he's going to one of the best defensive coaches in this draft in Brian Flores. I'm going to give the Dolphins Quiddy Pay out of Michigan. Um, I think Quiddy Pay could be possibly the best edge rusher in this draft. Like I said, he needs a little bit of polishing, but, you know, he, he's got such a good motor. And I think that's a player that, you know, Brian Flores is going to want on his defense. And um, if he can reach his potential, He's going to be a menace in the AFCs for years to come. I think that that is a pretty good pick for the Dolphins. <clears throat> Quiddy Pay certainly made a name for himself living in the backfields of the Big Ten over the past few years. And the Dolphins are going to need to be able to compete in a division that will have not one, but two possible surging young quarterbacks if Zach Wilson makes an impact in his first year. Now we're down here at the Washington football team. Have various different needs. Tackle, linebacker, safety among them. So... I'm going to do what Michael didn't do, and I'm going to give Washington JOK. This team, Washington, has they have a fearsome defensive line and they have a fearsome secondary. In the middle is where it can get a little spotty for them. 
So let's get a guy who can, who is kind of in this sort of hybrid mold of like sort of linebacker safeties. You know, they don't have the weight of a traditional linebacker, but they're big, but they're kind of big. They can play like either position. You can move them around wherever. They can rush the passer. They can be adequate in coverage. They can mop up guys in the open field. And I think that's the one ingredient that'll make this scary Washington defense even scarier. Yeah, no, I think that's a good pick. Like Washington has the making, they will, they should have the makings of a great defensive line once again this year, although they could use some more playmakers on the back seven of their defense. Uh, Coror is like a guy who, you know, he can, he can do a lot. He can go sideline to sideline. He can cover uh, probably rated as being the second best linebacker in this draft by Michael Parsons. So that makes a lot of sense for them. And now we come to the Chicago bears. And as we see that first team need their quarterback, and you know what? They signed Andy Dalton this offseason, the move that a lot of people were like, hmm, that's interesting. And so why not get a quarterback who could be most like the next Andy Dalton in the NFL? Let's go with Mac Jones. <laughs> uh, because this would be so – I'll admit, is this probably the smart pick for them to make? No, but you know what? This is my pick, so why not? I'm going to go with the thing that I would love to see and just see Bears fans suffer for the next 10 years in all likelihood. Um, in all, in all seriousness, I mean, listen, Mac Jones put up uh, incredible numbers in Alabama in his first full season starting last year. Now he did have probably one of the best, if not maybe the best supporting cast in all of college football. When you talk about Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, a great offensive line, Najee Harris at running back. So certainly, uh, he had a lot of help. Although then again, he put up the numbers that you would think a quarterback would be able to put up with that kind of help. So he did his job the way he needed to um, he's accurate throwing the deep ball. And, you know, if he's, if, if Chicago is able to, you know, they still have Allen Robinson, they still have David Montgomery, they have weapons. So if he's able to sit behind any Dalton for a year, you know, maybe he can turn to a good guy for them, but at the same time, his ceiling just based on his athletic ability is the lowest of all of, of the five main quarterbacks in this draft. So yeah, admittedly, yes. Okay. Maybe not. I would, you know, Hopefully, we not don't want any ill harm on Mac Jones. Although this certainly would be a pick that I'm sure Bears fans would uh, uh, not maybe not love to see. But uh, hey, why not? I know most Bears fans that I know would absolutely hate this. That makes me absolutely love it. Uh, I don't know. It gives this excuse of Ryan Pace uh, just taking another quarterback, saying maybe this is our guy. Maybe it keeps him around for another year, which they're desperately trying not to be fired over there in Chicago. I feel like that team has so many needs, and I think it's the total Bears thing to do, similar to the Lions, to take something they don't need at all and take a quarterback. So we go over here to the Colts. The Colts were really, really good at running the football last year. They had a really great offensive line, but I see in their – First need, they need an offensive tackle. Looking at the available prospects, not seeing a lot of offensive linemen that I absolutely love right now. It seems like a reach if they went down to try to take Alex Leatherwood from Alabama, but one of their other needs is cornerback. So I'm going to actually have them taking Caleb Farley, which I feel like is a great value for that pick for them there. Uh, Xavier, Xavier Rhodes kind of had a little bit of bounce back year after struggling his last season in Minnesota. Uh, I feel like he had a decent season, but he's also getting up there in age. How long can that go? Uh, the team's defense is already pretty good overall, have some really good guys in the front seven, but we need to work on that back four. So we're going to take Caleb Farley, cornerback who sat out last year from Virginia Tech. Um, I mean, yeah, the Colts definitely need a corner. Um, I might have possibly thought Greg Newsom here um, just with Farley's injury history. I mean, obviously, if Farley's healthy, he's the top 10 player in this entire draft, and you just got him at, down at 21. Um that brings us to the Titans, who have very similar needs to the Colts. It's actually kind of, you know, funny how similar these two teams are that are in a division together. Um, I know there's a lot of pressure on them to replace Corey Davis at receiver, but they have a lot more pressing needs at corner. Um, we saw late in the season that the Titans secondary completely fell apart. Um, I personally remember watching them play the Browns, and, I mean, they, they could cover anybody. Um, so I think they need to get stronger back there. 
So I'll just take the other corner, um, the last one that I think has a first-round grade. I'm going to go with Greg Newsom out of Northwestern. Um, very physical, played in the Big Ten. Um, was, you know, he didn't play it last year very much, but, you know, he's very solid against some very good Big Ten receivers, played very well against Ohio State. Um, very physical, kind of undersized, but um, I think Tennessee just needs to get better in the secondary. So I think – you know, I think they could, I think they could take Newsom or Farley, but since Newsom's the one that fell, I'm going to have them take Greg Newsom. I think that that is an excellent pick from the Titans, especially after they lost Adore Jackson in free agency. They need some serious help back there. They did not have a very good secondary, even with him. And I really shudder to think of what those games will look like on the defensive side without him. Northwestern had an outstanding defense last year, even against very good teams. They held Ohio state in check on, for the most part on the defensive side, especially in passing Justin Fields looked mortal that game. And that guy right there is a big reason why now here at the jets, um, it really wouldn't be the Jets if they didn't make a high pick that was absolutely baffling. So I feel very tempted to do that. But I do kind of want them to be smart because as much as I enjoy watching weird draft blunders, that doesn't mean I want to repeat them myself. So I think I'm going to go out and since this will run on corners is taking away all the first round corners, not really going to reach for one. I think I'm just going to go get um, Aziz Ojolari out there out of Georgia. Georgia has been producing elite talent at pretty much every level over the last few years outside of, I guess, quarterback at the NFL level. It's been just a little bit since that. But go and get a guy to play out there along with Quinn and Williams and Carl Lawson on the D-line, and you might have the makings of a really good pass rush right there. And it's been a while since I could say that about the Jets. No, I think that's a good pick. I actually like o Ojolari a lot. I mean, he's, he's talked about as being like a complete – burner there at defensive end a guy who just uses straight speed to get to the quarterback so I mean he's he's very intriguing as a pass rusher um so I like that pick a lot for the Steelers uh they you know I mean for a team that went uh, had 11 wins last year it seems like they they're coming in with a lot of needs they have needs on the O-line but there's not really a lot of great value there currently as it stands with a lot of the top prospects gone uh they could use a corner but obviously all the top three corners in this draft are already taken it's it's a situation where if I'm going down the, the list, obviously the fan pick would be to take a running back. It's probably not the best, smartest pick to take a running back, but they don't, James Conner left. They don't really have anyone that established in their backfield for next season. And if you're going to, if you're going to try and give Ben Roethlisberger the best chance, maybe for one final year to get to the playoffs, you're going to be able to need to, to have someone who can run the ball. So with that, I will have the first running back in the draft taken with Alabama's Najee Harris. Uh, incredibly productive over the last two seasons. He's a guy at 6'2", 230, brings a lot of power to that position. You know, he's, he's, he's just a solid runner. He's not the top burner in this draft. I think in terms of pure speed, you probably look at Travis Etienne as that, but he's a solid runner. He, he gets tough yards, and if they're able to help, you know, if they can fill – you know, get a couple linemen or two to help fill those holes later on in the draft. I mean, he should be able to have a good chance of success for them and gives them a guy who they can probably give the rock to close to 200 times and give Ben that support. Yeah, I feel like we saw it last year. I don't think James Conner is a bad running back. I think they had no offensive line. I feel like there's no offensive lineman on the board right now that I would love to get up and take. But also at the same time, I find it hard to be able to run the ball or protect Big Ben who can't throw more than 15 yards downfield uh, with no offensive lineman. 
Coming back to the Jaguars, my second time picking for the Jaguars. I'm take Trevor Lawrence the first time. Says they need O-line help, says they need a wide receiver. I actually think their wide receivers are pretty good right now. I'm actually going to keep it there. Uh, I don't want to jump up and take any offensive linemen that I don't really like, that I'm not crazy about. So actually, I'm going to go down to safety, and I'm going to take uh, Trayvon Morheeg uh, out of uh, TCU. Um, I feel like that's one of their needs. They need a safety. I don't know a whole lot about them. I don't watch a whole lot of Big 12 football. But where I see them in the draft right now, I think Rashad Bateman isn't really the pick right there just because they have pass catchers uh, that I think they can get it done. I think, obviously, if the Jaguars want to be competitive, made a lot of free agent moves, but adding to a defense is never a bad thing to do. That was the way Jacksonville won when they made the AFC championship, and that should be the way that they try to win with Trevor Lawrence early in his career. Yeah, I mean, can't hate on the pick. Fills a need. Um, Merrick is a very diverse safety that can play out a lot of dime package. He can come up in the box and he can he can blitz. He's, you know, he's your very prototypical safety that you're seeing in the NFL now. Very versatile, can cover, can rush, can tackle, can do everything. I think that'd be a great pick for the Jaguars. Now we get to, you know, the whole reason that I, I picked second in this draft was to get this pick. Um, and this is the Browns here at 26. Um, you know, listening to Andrew Barry the last couple of days, the, the GM of the Browns, he said that they're not looking for, you know, instant, you know, an instant producer in this um, draft, because right now they have a roster that they could trot, trot out and it's top three in the NFL. Um, there's not a lot of starter spots. I know, I think they would love a corner here, but they're not going to reach for one the Browns in this new regime. They don't reach for players. Um, and I look at the future and I look for, you know, what can they do to get better? And I see Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry on very expensive contracts. Um, one or two of them probably will not be on the team next year just due to salary cap restrictions. Um, and with the Ravens right before them, I know the Browns would love to put a dent. And I know Ian's definitely eyeing this guy at 27. So I'm going to be a little bit different, something that I haven't normally seen. I'm going to take Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota and put him on the Cleveland Browns um, and add him to that receiver room and let him groom behind Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry for a year before one of, if not two of them, are probably walk out the door. Um, I definitely thought about Jason Owe here out of Penn State. I don't think Christian Barmore is that good of a prospect to go in, at least in this spot, this early in the first round. Um, and I know the Browns are just trying to add depth and with a lot of players on one-year deals, add in Rashad Bateman and steal one from a division rival that's picking right after you and, you know, prepare for your future with Baker Mayfield as your quarterback. So Rashad Bateman is my pick for the Browns. Unbelievable that before this podcast, we were talking about Michael was joking He's going to take who I wanted to take at number 27. That is indeed who I was just about to take at number 27. Did you know that, Michael? Um, I figured, um, considering their needs, um, I just feel like, you know, I, I made the pick that I made, um, but I made it with you in mind, of course, Ian. I got to take some from those Ravens, of course. Amazing, amazing stuff. Well, in that case, with multiple guys that I was going to select for the Ravens being taken off the board within the last few picks, I guess I have to be boring and go address what is actually listed here as their big needs. So... So I'm going to have to go and just take an edge rusher. They, the Ravens have lost. They lost Matt Judon, a huge part of their edge presence. They need a replacement for that. So let's go and get Joe Tryon here out of Washington. Guy who did not play in 2020, but... He was extremely good in 2019, probably would have been very good in 2020 if he had played. A guy who can deliver even when facing a lot 
of resistance from offenses. Ravens have thrived and prided themselves on their defense as a franchise, and they'll need a replacement edge rusher in order to keep that reputation up. Yeah, no, I like, I, I really, the, yeah, no, I think that fits well. They, you know, you're still looking, that's the thing, Baltimore, is that they've been really good defensively, although they, that's, they've kind of been just, they don't really have a bunch of big time pass rushers, even though they, you know, you've lost Judon. And then you also lost another guy they traded for, Yannick and Gakwe. So, yeah, they're lacking there on the edge. That's something where with New Orleans, um, corner obviously is their top knee, but with all the top three guys gone, it's not really something that they're going to, look to address edge rusher could also be up there. Um, but I'm actually, I'm going to give them, I'm going to give them a player that can kind of do both fulfill, you know, do give them some juice off the edge while also being able to add a dynamic, a new, a younger dynamic presence linebacker. I'm going to go with Zayvon Collins out of Tulsa. Um, rated out incredibly well last year. Pro football focus had him rated as a second best linebacker in all of college football last season. Um, he's great in coverage. He racks up, you know, he's racks up tackles. He's at six. He's got great size, six, four, two sixty. You know, the guy like his, his first, his first pro on pro football focus is freak of nature. So, you know, he's got the physical, he's got a lot of great physical attributes to be a, to be a good linebacker in the NFL. Um, he has, he's done, he's rates really well as a blitzer. So obviously he can help, you know, bring some pre pressure off the edge. And then, I mean, he has the size really, if you want to, I mean, you're talking about 6'4", 260. He could be an edge player. I mean, he, that's big enough to be a defensive end in the league. So certainly something that they could look at. But he's a versatile guy that uh, New Orleans could line up all over their defense. And defense has been something that they've been very well at over the past few seasons. So as they try to figure out between who's the new quarterback between Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston, at the very least, they can count on having a good, you know, helping him get, you know, helping him get, have a good defense again with taking a guy like Collins. Yeah, I can't argue with you there. Um, don't see a whole lot around where I would like for the Saints. Uh, I feel like the Saints are turning over. It's kind of a new team. Uh, Jameis Winston probably going to be the quarterback next year. Why not try to reinvent yourself in a couple different ways? Maybe the defense is the thing that will start carrying the Saints a little bit more than usually the offense was for Breeze for all those years. Moving on to my final pick of this draft, the Green Bay Packers. I'd love to screw them over and give them somebody at the bottom of the draft board, but I'm going to do something that I think the Packers should have done last year and not take a quarterback again. Um, I'm actually going to have them take Elijah Moore, wide receiver out of Ole Miss. They still haven't addressed their second wide receiver issue yet. Um, I don't really love the guys that are in there. I know Rodgers was just so good last year that he made guys who are subpar look really good. I think that was mostly it. Uh, I really like Elijah Moore here. Uh, really good receiver out of uh, the SEC. Obviously, Old Miss scored a lot, a lot of points last year. So I like Elijah Moore. You got talked crap about, about your decisions that you've been making. You paid a running back. You did all this. You did all that. They got to do something smart. I did, The Packers continue to be good after making terrible plays and terrible decisions, but I'm going to have them take Elijah Moore. Yeah, I mean that's that to me that's a really great pick for the Packers. Um, I they need to take a receiver. They need to get Devontae Adams some help. And Elijah Moore actually had um, he actually was better statistically than Devonta Smith last year, who won the Heisman. So you know can't ever go wrong with that. Uh, my final pick of this mock uh, is the Buffalo Bills, and I think this is not a board that they would love to see with a lot of the good players off the board. But um, personally, I think the Bills are going to reach here. Um, I think they're going to go with Asante Samuel Jr., um, the cornerback out of Florida State. Um, you know, I think his potential is through the roof. Um, I mean, obviously, he is the son of Asante Samuel, who is a, you know, probably a Hall of Fame corner in this league. Um, I just think they're going to look at his potential and they're going to look at corner and they're going to say, you know what, um, we got to go get this kid because I think someone's going to go get him. Um, had a really great season at Florida State on a team that wasn't very good. Um, and I think that they they will have him high enough on their board to justify taking him here in the first round and shore up their biggest need on the defensive end. So Asante Samuel Jr., my final pick to the Buffalo Bills.
perhaps a bit of a reach, but it's hard to go wrong with more help at defensive back in this league. Make an already great Bills secondary even greater. Set them up very nicely to be a top contender in the AFC as they've continued to be. I, too, have felt the impulse here now at 31 with Rashad Bateman gone to make a stupid receiver reach and cause controversy. I don't feel the need to do that um, because I think that it can actually be a lot simpler than that. The Ravens just traded away their right tackle to get here. And I see Alex Weatherwood still out here on the board. So the Ravens might as well just go and shore up a need that they have created to get to 31. Go get him with 31. It's pretty hard to... Like it's pretty hard to come up with a reason to hate on taking an Alabama offensive lineman. They have been pretty good as they've come out. You know, they've and they've been blocking for some of the best of the best. You gotta be pretty fast to block for these fast guys. And after trading Orlando Brown. They're going to need someone to get in there because I don't think they have a good second stringer who could step up and get it done. Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. Obviously, you need someone to come in and help fill that void now that Brown's gone. And, you know, you got to keep, you know, for running the offense that they do, it's key to have a good offensive line from Lamar Jackson to help him fill running lanes. So that would be a big move there along you know, along with the moves they made as well. Uh, for the last pick in our 2021 NFL mock draft for the Tampa Bay Bucks, it's really hard because they brought everyone back. Like the only guy that hasn't that they I don't, I think the only guy they haven't re-signed from the team from the Super Bowl winning team right now is Antonio Brown. And I was tempted to take Elijah Moore at that spot before he went to the Packers, but. I think that, uh, you know, you can argue reach on receiver, but one guy that has a, that still has a lot of promise in this draft and considering where this is being picked at, the value there could actually be very good because he showed off well when he was at Alabama. I'm going to take Christian Barrymore because they're set for this season at the very least a defensive tackle with Indomitian Sue and Vita Vea, but and Sue, obviously, you know, he's getting up into now his mid-30s on one-year deals. You don't know how much longer, you know, he's going to really keep his – effectiveness going uh so you want to be able to have guy in for that and then they, uh, they picked up his fifth year option but you obviously don't know if he's going to if they're going to give him an extension so Barrymore, he gives the bucks insurance policy against having to you know overpay veo or having to you know in case sue drops off his play either this season or, or in the future and that way you have a guy who can stay along with guys like shaq barrett and levante david and devin white and uh Antoine Winfield Jr. to form what is still a very good young nucleus uh, or still you know, young in prime nucleus on that defense along with support, you know, to go along with that offense. I think I, I think a wide receiver could be there, especially if they don't re-sign Antonio Brown. But, I mean, the Bucks are loaded. They have everybody back. You know, at this point, you just – you're looking for guys who can, you know, maybe who can – you can sit, you know, not have to – maybe don't need to play a big role this year, but who could end up paying off you down the line and bear more. I mean, he could fill in well this year, and he could potentially be, you know, a long-time starter for them at defensive tackle. Oh, there you have it. That's 32 first-round picks in the books. This is absolutely 100% how it's going to go down on draft night. You heard it here first. Absolutely no way that anything could be different. How do you guys feel about the decisions that you made? Is there anybody that you wish you could have gotten for a specific team? Anything like that? Uh, I, I don't know if there's anything. I try to try to fit needs for teams. Uh, 
mostly. The main thing that just pops out to me, it's going to mess up the entire thing is when we know, all of us know as much as we think that Fields is probably the second best quarterback in this draft, he's probably not going to even go top three. So once that happens and the 49ers don't take him unless they're just doing smoke screens for days, when that doesn't happen, um, the the chaos of the draft, teams that are going to try to trade up to be able to think that they lucked out to be able to get a chance at Fields. And then also trade scenarios. I think the Lions, maybe their best move with this seventh pick is to trade the seventh pick and to trade down in the draft because I don't really think receiver is the best thing to do for the Lions when you already have so many things wrong with this team, but there's a lot of really good receivers right there. So if a team wants to come take one, let them take one. Or if they want to trade up and get a quarterback, let them get a quarterback. So I just feel like you never know, especially with the NFL draft, teams will move around. Teams have prioritized different needs. They think different guys are their guy and they'll take them. Kind of like Michael did taking a guy in the, maybe the 60 best, pro, 60 best prospect the 30th pick. So uh, I'm really excited for Thursday, but uh, really fun doing the mock draft with you guys. Yeah. Um, I mean, the one thing I would say as, as a Browns fan, um, I really hope JOK is there at 26. I don't think he will be. I think he's too special, but I mean, the dude is an absolute unicorn and I just think he would fit the Browns defense so well. I think he's the one piece you could add. That's not a corner that I think they would consider drafting. Um, do I think they're actually going to take a wide receiver? Probably not. But I think if the opportunity presented to them with the way that the board fell, um, I think Bateman would be the pick just to maybe mess with the Ravens a little bit. Um, Cause like I said, the Browns really don't need much, but other than that, um, I feel like the board fell pretty fair. Um, I just, in my personal opinion, I really hope GOK falls to the Browns. I would absolutely love to see it. Yeah, I mean, I was satisfied too. I mean, no, God, doing mock drafts is always is always super fun. And and um, no, I think I feel pretty satisfied. I thought I went with pretty good thinking and trying to look for needs. I mean, you know, maybe I didn't love like the Steelers taking a running back, but obviously, you know, with the, you know, there wasn't a lot of great value at the offensive line. So it's like you know, you just you kind of just have to look at all right. Well, what are they? You know, what are they most likely to do, or what do you what do you think they're most likely to do? And obviously, you know, everyone wants them. You know, all their fans want running back, so it's like, well, might as well go running back. So it's like, yeah, no, I mean, it's I was satisfied, and no, I can't wait for Thursday. I think it's yeah, I I do think that the the quarterbacks once whoever once San Francisco makes their pick at number three, it's going to probably be a complete. Uh, mess of teams trying to get up you know move up whether it's with Atlanta at number four whether it's since you know, it, it could be anyone it could be Atlanta at number four it could be Cincinnati at number five it could be you know it could be with the Lions like like Jacob said number seven like there are so many picks there are multiple picks in the top 10 that you could easily see as, as being a trade down spot or, or trade up spot I should say looking for a quarterback I do think though if I want to make one prediction about those quarterbacks because I don't know why I don't know why there has been so much of negativity surrounding Justin Fields. I mean the man the man all he did was win at Ohio State and he put up great numbers. I mean the, the performance he put up against Clemson uh you know in the, in the in the national semifinal game last season was amazing. I think that Lawrence overall probably will be, you know, probably will end up being the best quarterback out of all of them if if all the projections go back to being but Fields is going to be a guy like when people look back at Lamar Jackson, wonder like, why did people doubt this guy? And I feel like I, I think he's going to be the one where people look back and be like, why, who, why did people doubt this guy? Cause to me, I think he's easily the second best quarterback prospect in this draft. Obviously Trey Lance has good potential and, and um, Zach Wilson, you know, he's got talent as well. And Mac Jones, maybe in the right system could be productive, but like, I just feel like fields could be a star. I really do. So, like, I, I think if I had to bet on any one guy, making people look back and thinking, like, wow, why did we not take him? Especially if it's quarterback in team, I'm going to say it's Justin Fields. I absolutely agree with that. I think that he has absolute sky-high potential. And while I do want the Lions to trade down if possible – if it actually looks like Justin Fields is somehow going to fall all the way to number seven, which he absolutely should not do, then I would really, really want to stay there, get him, 
park him for like a year behind Jared Goff and then go get some more for him in 2022 with the multiple first round picks they have then I think that's almost the ideal outcome for them um as for the other quarterbacks I will be really worried for Trey Lance if he does go to Denver I think that he is the kind of prospect where he's going to need some time to work on you know, work on his abilities because he's got a lot of raw talent, but he's also an FCS quarterback who has not faced a lot of top competition and who is probably a little raw mechanically, but who has obviously flashed amazing potential. And, you know, the Broncos have, the Broncos have been like a quarterback graveyard for a while outside of Peyton Manning, who was, you know, many, many years into his career, you couldn't exactly ruin him. So I'm very worried if that one happens. Ian, I just want to say, I think what you said about Justin Fields and the Lions, I think that would be one of the dumbest things the Lions, I think, could do right now. And it's not because I don't think Justin Fields is a good player, not that, not because I don't think he could help the Lions, but there are so many other needs on that team right now. Um, a quarterback isn't going to fix it all. And I think trading down for them would be great to acquire more picks, try to, you know, fix more needs. Would I be shocked if they took Justin Fields if he was there? Absolutely not. But I think, you know, there's a reason Jared Goff was in the trade, and I don't think it was necessarily just to get rid of the contract. I think the Lions legitimately wanted him and legitimately think they can get, you know, some good out of him. Um, so I just think – there's so much other needs that they have other than quarterback than to just plug a rookie quarterback in there and throw him to the fire like that. Um, Devonta Devonta Smith could be a great start, but your the games aren't won at the skill positions. The games are won at the offensive and defensive line. Um, I think the Lions could really look at Penay Sewell if he fell. If the Bengals do pass and take Jamar Chase, I think Penay Sewell he could be a left tackle for the Lions for the next ten to fifteen years, and that's a cornerstone in your franchise that you need before you get the quarterback as we've been seeing with a lot of the young quarterbacks anymore so while while I think well I wouldn't be shocked if it happened I I would be very disappointed if they took Justin Fields I think I would only be incredibly disappointed if they actually did decide to quote to throw him into the fire I don't I wouldn't be disappointed if they wanted to just sit him for a little bit and try to build. I do think that trading down would be great. I do certainly think that that if he is gone and somehow Pinesuel slides, that should absolutely be the pick. I think he would be an improvement over Taylor Decker, who is a, a good but not great left tackle. Um, but I do think that if you could get if you could get a guy with absolute star potential without having to waste your first round picks by possibly trading up in 2022 or not, then that would be fantastic for them. As it stands, it's not the worst thing in the world if they don't get a quarterback or even if they pass on one completely, because they probably will have a, a very high first rounder in 2022. But if you could do it now, I would not complain about it at all. Well, Do we have any other sort of miscellaneous thoughts about it? I was just about to say it to each their own for what every team should do with their first round pick. Uh, yeah, I'm really excited, um, but that's two days away. We'll see. I think the Lions, if it fell to seven, there would be so many suitors to go get fields that that they would definitely be able to do something to be able to trade out of that for it because I just think I kind of agree with Michael and I agree with Ian at the same time where generational talent but this team sees so many needs that what's the point in taking a quarterback when he's not even going to play for the first season so I've always had that philosophy if you're going to take a young guy you might as well play him and let him learn but yep to each their own 
uh, had fun doing the draft and I can't wait to actually hear Roger Goodell get booed in real life on Thursday. Not, not fake booze from his basement. Truly. These are exciting times when Roger Goodell gets booed in real life. We can truly say that nature is healing. And so with that, I think that we will conclude our first ever mock draft here on the pylon. As always, a pleasure to talk football with all of you. And we'll just have to, you know, we'll wrap it up now. We'll see you guys soon. We'll try to have a draft recap up sometime after the draft hopefully within a week and yeah we'll see you then peace